When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Reunion audio? I'm Anna Dalvey, and this is the Anna Dalvey Show. You might recognize my name as a character in a Netflix series, but now you get to meet the real me. On this show, I will dive into the concept of rules and talk with the people who create or break them. From art, politics, fashion, tech, finance, law, and more, the Anna Delvey Show will share honest, unfiltered conversations that will question traditional notions of what's right and wrong, all recorded in my village apartment in New York while on house arrest. This week, I'm talking with Natasha Stagg, a writer who's made her prominence in covering fashion, art, and culture in New York City. We'll chat celebrities in jail and hear about her new book, Artless. Hi, Natasha. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited to have you on. I read all your books that's been published. Thank you for I'm, having me. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> no, I'm a huge fan. Um, <laughs> I love your necklace. Thank you. <laughs> I just like, like like simple, simple, clean stuff. I think so many people just like have to like wear all these crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like your style. I've been <laughs> a fan of it for a I, mean, while. I literally have like nowhere to go <laughs> these days. Are you allowed to leave to like in the area or you just have to stay in one? I'm only allowed to um, move within the building. Really? Yeah, but I have to like go to um, my eyes appointments like once a week, which is um, downtown 26 Federal Plaza. Mm-hmm. So like I usually walk because the weather is so nice recently. Oh, that's and, nice. And um, like about once a month, I go to Brooklyn, but otherwise not. We appealed it. And the system is just so slow because um, I like I don't live in Brooklyn, but I'm still with Brooklyn Parole. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I shouldn't be. I should be here, like, in Manhattan. Yeah. It doesn't really make any difference to me, but, like, they were supposed to transfer me, like, seven months ago. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and how do you get to Brooklyn? Um, Just car, like, Uber. Yeah. Um, well, like, sometimes, like, I usually walk with a friend. Or, like, we walk either, like, until the bridge. Yeah. And then um, take the car and just kind of, like, walk parts of it back. It's, like, a long walk. It's, like, um, like 90 minutes. But probably you're, like, dying for that if you're, like, stuck in here, right? Yeah. I mean, I say that I'd love to, like, be able just to, to go wherever I want to and not just, like, to yeah. go to parole. But, yeah, it's a nice change. Yeah. And, like, i just been lucky. The weather was nice. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I had to go. Yeah. It must be so crazy, like, not being able to leave here and, like, being in such a cool area like everything is like so tempting you know yeah I mean it would be like crazy from anywhere but yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just like hard I think guess the hardest part is just like not knowing when this is going to end because I'm not like serving a sentence or like you don't know when it's gonna end no because I'm like here um I'm on house arrest only um because of ice yeah okay um so they don't like as long as my immigration case is pending they can't like pretty much continue this but I'm thinking I'm like the only person in the whole country that's like on 24-7 house arrest. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. Everybody else just like gets an ankle bracelet or like they get a curfew and like you check in with your whatever I supervisor once a year. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that you're the only person like this? Is like <laughs> because your case is so famous? I guess so, yeah. They're like making an example out of you? I think it's both. It's like my guess would be as good as anyone's, but um, it's just like they're trying to like make it as uncomfortable for you as possible. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to leave. Or it's also like they're setting, um, setting you up for failure. Like yeah. they're not taking away like my guns or drugs. Like they're taking away my social media because they feel like, oh, 
Anna will want to like be on Instagram right. or Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So if they like catch you, then they got you. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Um, so yeah, they're just like basically trying to like to take away what they think you care about. <laughs> you seem like you have a really good attitude about it. <laughs> I would be like so miserable. I mean, I can like always leave to Europe. So it's like part of it is like kind of a choice. Do you ever go back? Or if you did, you wouldn't be able to come back here? I was just like, you never know. The rules Mm -hmm. change all the time. It probably is going to be, like, super hard because they don't, like, owe you anything. Right. Like, you can just get the waiver and, like, they may take whatever year. They may take, like, 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) So you just never know. So, um, and my criminal case is still on direct appeal, so it will be really hard to appeal from, like, anywhere else. Like, who's going to care? Yeah. So I think, like, it's not really fair, but mm. <laughs> just trying to, like, make the best out of it. Yeah. I've been, like, really interested in your story for a while because I think one of the reasons is because I think, like, you have proven that you love New York. Yeah. Which is, like, <laughs> just fun and cool. Like, not that many people love it this much, you know? And, like, I'm just curious, like, why? What What do you love about New York? Um, I don't know. I just have, like, so much connection to the city and I feel like part of it I just don't want to be banned from like anywhere yeah um like why shouldn't I be able to like travel wherever I want to whenever I want to um like maybe another part of it is just like who would I be if I'm like not constantly fighting some like system or like government agency wow (laughs) it's just like you know so hard like what if like nobody cared if I were to leave the house (laughs) right (laughs) That's a good point. <laughs> it's kind of sad, but I was thinking it's like, do I really want to be like completely free? <laughs> really? Like you're kind of thinking about the future and like what that would look like? Um, yeah, I mean, I could just like leave and I don't know, I have a German passport, so um, I could be anywhere pretty much, but not like in the States. So mm-hmm. I don't think I could like ever just like live on a beach like in Bali or something. <laughs> No. Because it would be boring. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) What about you? My life is so uninteresting compared to yours. (laughs) I don't think so. Like you, like I associate you with New York so much. Really? (laughs) I guess, yeah, I read both of your books. Uh, I mean, the first one is surveys. It's like, it's not really based in New York. I think it's like, what, in Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. And part like on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And the second one is, like, so very New York. Um, Yeah. When did you move here? In 2011. So, I guess a while ago, but it doesn't feel like that long ago. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I have heard people say that I'm, like, very New York, and it, like, surprises me because I just feel like (laughs) an outsider still. Did you move here to be a writer? Um, Kind of. I moved here for a few reasons that aren't real reasons you know like just my sister lived here and I kind of didn't know where to go next Mm because I was like I had just graduated from grad school Mm -hmm. and it was kind of supposed to be like temporary like staying with my sister and then I got an apartment um but yeah I was like expecting to get a job in publishing Mm -hmm. and I didn't Mm -hmm. I got a job at a magazine instead Mm -hmm. um and now you know I work for, like, brands and do a bunch of different things. But I, yeah, I definitely thought I would be, like, at a book publisher, Mm -hmm. which I never have done. (laughs) I'm glad I haven't at this point. I mean, the whole publishing industry is kind of dead. Yeah. Rapidly dying. (laughs) It's very disheartening, actually. Like, everybody I know that worked in publishing doesn't anymore. Yeah. Um, You have, like, a Substack now, right? Yeah, I do. (laughs) So it made you start writing. Um, my Substack. Yeah. Um, it was just like when I quit social media, cause I was like, I thought that Instagram and Twitter were getting really obnoxious. Like, especially during the pandemic, everybody was so annoying. <laughs> I quit and it was kind of like, I felt like I had to start something that was like one connection to the world, you know, mm-hmm. like if I ever had to promote something, it would be there for that. Yeah. Do you like the platform? 
It's okay. I mean, I don't know. It feels just like live journal or something, which I had when I was like a teenager. So it's sort of like regressing, you know? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I used to like read so many live journals. Did you have one? <laughs> no, I never wrote anything myself, um, but I used to like read other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was like really exciting when it started. So it's like weird to do it again because it's not like at the start of blogging, you know, like yeah. it was so cool for a minute. But you, like, wrote, you've written things, like, when you were in jail, right? Yeah, I did, like, this little Anna Dalvey diaries, which, yeah. are, like, they all used against me during my subsequent bond hearings. Really? <laughs> yeah. What was used against you from that? I um, thought they were great. I read them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, I was saying I have, like, no respect for authority. I'm making fun of the CEOs. Um, mm. And, like, everything was, like, kind of sarcastic and, like, mm-hmm. very tongue-in-cheek. But they just like you can spin anything yeah. you want to like <laughs> to like serve whatever they were trying to say. I thought prison was such a joke and it was like everything was so fun. <laughs> Did you really think so? <laughs> I mean no, not at all. Um it was just like really kind of like a sarcastic couple like entries I've wrote, but nobody wants to read about people complaining. Yeah. So. No, it's true. <laughs> I hope, like, anybody with any kind of critical skills will be able to um, kind of, like, discern, like, oh, maybe this is just, like, not all there is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also just seemed like you could roll with anything, and it was really not what everybody expected, I thought, you know, that you could kind of make any situation into, like, a better one. And yeah. I feel like that's what you've been kind of trying to say about yourself and your life this whole time. and. You've been, like, proving that, you know? In a, in a way, yeah. Well, I'm also, like, trying, like, not to glamorize crime and, like, prison too much. Right. Because that's, like, a, I don't know. Um, I read Orange is a New Black, and, like, she got a lot of criticism for that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. For glamorizing it? Yeah. Um, well, I think she, like, she, oh, it was such a long time ago. I think she, like, addressed this article, um... It's like a newspaper interview with another woman that she's been in prison with. And um, that woman just like glossed over all the experiences. And um, she just said, it's like, oh, this is dangerous. Like, because prison is not all that great and we shouldn't have like women. (laughs) But it's like, it's somebody's, so some people deal with it by just saying, oh, it was actually not that bad. It was actually kind of like fun and fine and like nothing. Because it's like a coping mechanism. Yeah. I mean, of course it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's dying to go to prison. Nobody yeah. wants to, even after reading that it's, like, fun in some ways yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's like it's an interesting like psychology behind it. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of like a fine line because not everything is terrible. Um, I mean, they kind of, like, put everybody in prison. So it's not, like, <laughs> just the worst of the worst. Like, you don't have to do much to <laughs> yeah. in prison. And um, everybody just gets to, like, go to the same place. Yeah. There's no um, kind of, like, distinction between people who, like, murdered, <laughs> like, people who, like, so crazy. <laughs> sold drugs or, like, stole something. So you met murderers? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so we go to, like, Bedford, uh, which is maximum security. So that's where I met, like, Pamela Smart. Do you remember, like, to die for? Oh, really? Yeah, she's still here. She's still there. Um, That's wild. She has, like, life without parole. Really? Mm. Oh, my God. Because they say she can't, uh, she would not admit um, any responsibility for her crimes. Because technically it was not her who killed the husband, but she's, like... um, Yeah, what was the story? Like, she got someone else to do it for her yeah her high school student yeah she was like a guest teacher at this high school and one of the boys fell in love with her I guess it was another one and um, a third girl who was an assistant right well I just remember the movie I don't remember the real story <laughs> and she said it's like why don't we kill him and like stage a robbery that went bad mm-hmm. <laughs> and she you think if she had admitted to some fault, then she wouldn't have gotten life without parole? Um, or is that what she said? 
I don't know. I think this is what they want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, but it's also like she's not a threat to public safety. She's done more than 30 years. She is almost 60 years old, I want to say. Yeah. Um, she's not going to reoffend. Um, and is she just miserable? I don't know. That's kind of like all she knows. So her crime was committed in Connecticut, but she is in Bedford because they didn't have a prison secure enough for her. So they moved her to Bedford and now I guess they do, but she's trying to stay in New York just because like she's been here there her whole life and she just doesn't want to be like this new person somewhere else. Yeah. She like works in grievance. She is an um like inmate liaison committee. She's like her own office. <laughs> What does that mean, a liaison um, committee? So it's like usually when you greet something, it goes to like this like senior inmate who've been there for a while and they're trying to mitigate the problem. Okay. And they're like supposed to like talk to you and they're not like the police or the mm-hmm. CEO. And um, if they can't resolve this, then it like escalates further. Wow. I didn't know there was like jobs like that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a counselor. Yeah, she yeah. found me when I just got to Bedford. Um, she has like this all access pass where she can just like go to play places. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like a commissary. And she's like, oh, do you need anything? And it's like, let me know. <laughs> just trying to like get me moved to a cell. But then I got moved to Albion, which is like almost by Canada. It's like wow. a medium facility. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how many places did you end up going to? Um, I've actually been to like seven different jails. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, they moved me quite a lot. <laughs> so I guess it's like the moving part is the worst. Is it? Yeah. Why is that? Um, just because you have to like figure out the new place, what the rules are, like you don't have much stuff and like they don't really make it easy for you to like you can put the money on your your account. Like sometimes I only accept cash in person or like money orders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just like every place is different. But yeah. once you kind of like have your routine and your stuff, like I was able to focus more on what I have going on like on the outside. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like interviewing you <laughs> yeah. instead of the other way, but like I'm so fascinated. I mean, everybody's fascinated by your story, I think. Well, how is New York? I feel like you are the person to ask. Like, I'm here, but I'm not really here. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it's the same. But when was the last time you, like, got to hang out in New York? I want to say in, like, 2017, but then I got out of the criminal prison in 2021. But I was only out for, like, six weeks, so. Did you do a lot? I had like a 9 p.m. curfew, but I was able to get approval from my PO to stay out later for a couple things. I was just kind of busy, like getting my life together. Yeah. So I wouldn't say, like I went to like a couple dinners and parties, but I, yeah, I was like still in the middle of COVID. Yeah. That was um, around the time where like the restaurants just started to reopen. Right. And like you're allowed to have people over, right? Yeah. As many as you want. Yeah. That's such a bizarre, like, (laughs) existence here. (laughs) I think New York's going to be exactly as you remembered it. Nothing's changed. Yeah, I think it's like New York will be the first, like, kind of, it's always the first one to bounce back. (laughs) Yeah. It's always fun. I think I asked you about, like, why you love it, because I don't ever know why I stay here. And I do love it, but I can't, like, explain why, because I think it's, like, dirty and disgusting and like hard to deal with and expensive and like all that stuff but it's just more my speed than like other places yeah I feel like when I'm in New York I don't really care what's going on in other places that's a good way like to yeah absolutely <laughs> like I don't feel like I'm missing out like when I'm in Paris I'm always like oh what are people doing in New York mm-hmm. or like in London but like when I'm in New York it's like it's kind of everything else is secondary <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. I've never been like, wow, that party looks like I should have, like, flown to Paris for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, all nice for them it happened, but it's, like... <laughs> yeah. I'd still rather be here. I tell me about your new book. Like, I couldn't really find anything. Um, about the new about book? It. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, like, it's just announced, I guess, but, like, very quietly. Like, it's just on the internet. But, yeah, I haven't done any press for it at all, so... 
It's coming out in October and it's another collection of like stories and essays. So it's going to be similar to Sleepless, right? Yeah, it's sort of like part two of that. Like a lot of it written during the pandemic. So maybe heavily influenced by that, maybe unfortunately, but (laughs) I couldn't help it. What did you do during pandemic? I just stayed here. I was, I live like... I don't know if I want to say like exactly how far away from here, but you know, like very close to this uh-huh. area, like just across Tompkins basically. Mm-hmm. And then down, I, yeah, I was like really happy to be the, in the East Village because I had just moved here before the pandemic. And I was like, wow, I can't believe anybody would live anywhere else. It's the best place. But then once all the students came back, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Where did it before? Bed-Stuy, mm-hmm. much prefer Manhattan. Yeah. The couple blocks would make such a difference sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like Soho and like Chinatown, like just walk literally in a couple I streets. know. Yeah, just like <laughs> below Canal or like, I, even like here, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm above Houston, even though it's like just barely above Houston. Because yeah. like, I feel like everything below it gets just so much like louder somehow. Yeah. But just the street traffic is just insane. Yeah. What year did you write surveys again? Well, it got published in 2016 and I was writing it in grad school. So I started writing it in 2010. Yeah. And it just took that long to get published. So I was like trying every publisher. So I wrote it way before, but yeah, it was published in 2016. And that book led to Sleeveless, right? Yeah. Now I have a publisher and they just are really supportive of whatever I want to do. And so I was like, I have all this stuff that I've written for other magazines if you want to make it into a collection. So we kind of like edited and made it cohesive in that way. Yeah, it was great. I really loved it. I really enjoyed reading it. That's so cool (laughs) that you read it. I'm like, that's amazing. I remember actually saw it, I think, in Elle magazine because I had like all these subscriptions and I'm like, oh, this looks cool. So I would just like text my friends what to send me, what to like order from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, and I really liked that one. So I asked for surveys and I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, I like then, that you have so many magazines and books. I love, I love print. I still do. Yeah. It's <laughs> cool. And so what are you all looking to do next? Well, I'm trying to finish a novel actually. So I've been... Right. I've been working on a novel for like forever. And what's it going to be about? It's like almost done and it's sort of it's set in like I went to high school in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is like felt at the time like middle of nowhere. And it's sort of set there. Like it's a teenager story set at the time when like I was a teenager there, mm-hmm. but not my life story just sort of like Mm -hmm. based on what I know about that time and place and like some teenagers that are characters hopefully that amounts to something good I don't know (laughs) (laughs) how far along are you I'm like pretty much done but then I always feel like I want to go back and like fix it and make it something else like I'll like get an idea and just be like oh my novel is definitely not done yet but Yeah, it's, like, making me nervous because I don't – I feel like you have, like, you write your first book and that – you're, like, so nervous about that coming out. And then when you write your second book, you're, like, oh, I wasn't even that nervous the first time because I didn't even know what could happen. And, like, the second time you're, like, I know what could happen and I want it to be, like, as good or better than that. Mm -hmm. And if it's, like, at all different, then, you know, there's some kind of, like – I don't know, just the fear of your career kind of going downwards instead of upwards is like a big thing. And then I feel like I'm having that all over again because each of those books were very like different formats. Mm -hmm. So now I'm writing like the second version of the second one and the second version of the first one. So (laughs) I don't know. I'll just probably always be nervous forever about everything I do. It feels like, yeah, you're, like, only as good as you like the last thing you came out with. Yeah, and it's not fair. (laughs) We just look with so many people. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think is, like, the future of the publishing industry? Um, 
Um, good question. I was just told that surveys, my first book was banned in a high school. And so like I was reading about like these book bans and I guess I hadn't read about it. It's like a big thing that like mm-hmm. there's a lot of book bans happening right now in high schools and people are protesting and it's kind of like all these schools are creating new policies for like parents to be able to um, just like petition for a book to be taken out of a high school. And it's just sad. And it just doesn't seem like modern. Like it doesn't seem like we're living in that time, but I guess we are. And I don't think that really has anything to do with the future of publishing, but it's also, I guess like that whole thing where you like, like today you can't say certain things, you can't do certain things because and, and everybody's always like, oh, you could never make that movie now yeah. or like you could never write that now or say that now. And it's like, why are we going in that direction? Like, yeah. why can you not say certain things that you used to be able to say? It really inhibits like me and I, I'm sure it inhibits a lot of people. I don't know if you feel that way, but like what you say is going to be, I mean, literally what you say is going to be used against you. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I feel it in a different way, but um, for me it was like, literally they were denying me bond when I was in jail. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely like if you lose your job or like if you get canceled, it's, it has like awful consequences. For people. Yeah. Do you feel like you've been like canceled in some way? I don't know, like cancel from what? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you were doing a lot before you got arrested, right? Yeah. I mean, I just like I'm not trying to think in those terms. Yeah. Um like I'm just kind of like trying to make the best out of my current situation. It's like who cares? I feel like most people's attention spans are so short. Mm-hmm. And um like nobody's thinking about you this hard or this long. Yeah. What do you what do you want to do when you're free? Uh, well, for me, like I'm obviously it's pretty hard to plan because I don't know. Like a lot of it will depend. Will I be able to leave the house? Yeah. Um, like, can I have my social media back? And can I travel? So um, that kind of makes it harder. But um, yeah, I'm doing my podcast. Um, I am doing a bunch of art. I have like yeah bunch of projects and it works like my dinner series my documentary oh you're um, doing a documentary yeah <laughs> I didn't know that that's cool I'm just kind of like trying to flip like the fact that um yeah obviously I'm on house arrest and, like so many people are curious about that and I did not have any access to social media since October last year so um, so you can't like say your version of things that yeah people are saying in the media I just like I'd be like just giving it out for like <laughs> For free, and now I can just like make something out of it. That's good. Much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're finding the silver lining of like being yeah. cut off from social media. Yeah, like kind of like I'm trying to frame it because it's so toxic to think like, oh, poor me. Like I just have to be in this place all day, every day, where everybody gets to do everything. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Did you ever write about crime? No. No. Because I have, like, no experience with it. Have you ever been arrested? Um. Yeah, once when I was a teenager. <laughs> it was so stupid. It was, like, we, I used to work at, like, a liquor store. I think I was, like, 20. I was, like, about to turn 21 or something, mm-hmm. but I was underage drinking in, like, a construction site. And so I was arrested for trespassing and drinking underage but then it was like it ended up being nothing like I just had a fine because one of my friends had a what like their friend's dad was like the DA and like it was it was like so like I don't know corrupt and funny because I was like oh no this is gonna fuck me for life like I'm gonna have this on my record and then it just like went away and I was like, oh, that's how the system works. <laughs> <laughs> but I also remember like I had to go to court and I remember like being really excited about what to wear. Yeah. And looking at like Winona Ryder when she got arrested for shoplifting. And I was like, what did she wear to court? Like all or something like that. Did we ever cross paths 
like in the past? Me and you. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. But it's kind of I don't strange, right? Either. We could have, might have. <laughs> I I thought that when I like started hearing about your story, I was like, I wonder if we've ever met because you were like. We probably like were in the same room together at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you worked at Purple for a while, right? I was um, in Paris. Yeah. The whole time. But then, did you work at any magazines here? Mm-mm. Um, no. But you went to like adjacent events or whatever. Like, I feel like for the years that we would have been crossing paths, I was just going to like all these sort of like press events because I was working at a magazine. Yeah. Like, yeah, I definitely like went um, to a lot of parties when I just like moved here. Yeah, it's like all like fashion art stuff. Yeah, <laughs> did you go to fashion shows and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe we did. <laughs> I'm sure we did. Um, do you ever like think about um, getting back on social media? I don't know. I don't really miss it right now. I feel like every time I see somebody's, I well, I miss like seeing people's like private accounts Mm -hmm. but I don't miss like wading through all the other shit like if I had to if I was gonna get back on social media I'd make it like not known and then just have like a private account that I would follow like you know 10 people on or something (laughs) you don't even do that anymore no (laughs) no I wanted to just like really like not have it as like a distraction it was mostly about it being distracting at Mm -hmm. the time and yeah, now it's kind of like, oh, I can't believe I did that because I had like whatever amount of followers, which means I could have promoted a thing. Mm-hmm. So it just seems pointless to start over if you can't get that back. You, mm-hmm. know? you can just reactivate it. No, no? <laughs> not the way I did it. I was like, <laughs> I don't know why I was just like, absolutely everything has to be gone. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I miss is, like, yeah, just having a platform if you're, like, working on something to, like, to be able to announce it, kind of control the message as opposed to, like, relying on mainstream media to to write it for you and, like, to communicate it for you. Yeah. But I think also I had, like, something in mind, you know, image-wise when I was, like, no social media because I think sometimes the people that don't have it, I think of them as very, like, mysterious and cool, (laughs) you know? Like, there's certain, like, celebrity, like, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen don't have social media on it. Like, unless they do and it's secret, but, like, they don't have that as part of their image. And I find that very, like, alluring. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't have social media, if you think of it. Yeah. Like, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. (laughs) And that has to be a choice. Right, yeah. I can't imagine, like, all the whatever studio execs just, like, begging them to start one to start an account like do you think they them. want them to or do you think maybe they're like okay don't start one because you're gonna be sloppy or like <laughs> they know them too well <laughs> i think there's so many ways to go about it it's like you can always have um like a public social media account but like your manager controls it or like your pr yeah. yeah i don't know i mean it could be like a great tool for like actors i can't imagine like anybody. i'm sure the people who like certain people don't want Britney Spears to have Instagram you know what I mean (laughs) like I'm sure that has really like changed her whole story in a lot of ways and it's like been hard for it's like the only way she the only way we even knew that she was like suffering yeah it's it's like first amendment yeah. Nobody can like really take it away from her. Yeah. No, I'm I hope she has it forever. <laughs> I mean, if it makes her feel better, or like if it makes her feel heard, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What um other artists are you excited about? Artists? Yeah. Mm. Or like writers or like anybody who's doing anything mm. these days. Well, I'm about to I just got my copy of Emma Klein's new book in the mail. Have you read her books? Not yet. They're really good. I think you'd like them. <laughs> yeah, she's on my list. <laughs> yeah. I haven't started her new book, but I'm excited about it. I don't read a lot of new fiction, actually, but I should just to, like, get the lay of the land, you know? What do you, like, read um, for news? It's like your media diet. Like, page six. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> like, every day. <laughs> 
honestly, like what people send me in like your group <laughs> chat. <laughs> I actually like I got so used to um, reading physical newspapers because they are like you see what's on the front page, you wow. see what's like on the <laughs> I didn't notice the stack until right now. It's so funny. <laughs> Um, well, it's like if it's just online, you can't really see what's important. Like, like everything, the hierarchy yeah. of the, yeah, that's true. Everything has like equal importance. So I have this app, it's called Press Reader. So it has like, it shows you the PDFs of all the newspapers. Really? Like reading, um, New York Post on it too. Really? <laughs> just so I can see, it's like, who's on a cover? <laughs> I want to get that. Cause yeah, I don't want to read all the... <laughs> You have to, like, sift through a lot when it's in, like, scroll format, yeah. you know? So it's great. It's like a little habit I don't want to lose. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got used to reading physical yeah. newspapers in jail. Yeah. And it's, like, also interesting what they put on, like, on the front, in the mm-hmm. back. Also, they made a big deal. When Trump announced that he's running for president again, mm-hmm. um, they put him, like, I don't know, all the way in the back. And uh, <laughs> on the cover, they put the Florida man is running again or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> they wouldn't even, like, mention him by the name. And they're like, oh, well, New York Post just shifted the whole tone about how they cover Trump. That's so stupid. <laughs> so that would not be possible without just, like, with their online coverage. Yeah. I just remembered I was at, like, a writer's residency once and got used to physical newspapers there because I, like, didn't have you could decide whether or not you want the internet password. So I like was not on the internet for like the first part of it. And so I would like go to this like fireplace like area in the building and like read the newspaper in the morning. It was so nice. I was like, oh, I should do this every day. And then I just didn't, of course, like (laughs) I didn't subscribe to the newspaper, but I think maybe I would love it. A lot of people steal my Wall Street Journal. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are your neighbors? Um, they're okay. I have um, girls on like an apartment 10. They're on the same floor. They are like interns from Europe. Mm-hmm. So I'm very friendly with them. Another neighbor, he like never comes out. He's like older, apparently. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of people I'm friendly with. <laughs> In a building, I woke up once um, when I just got out of jail and like none of my accounts were really set up and I didn't have phone service. So I could not, and I didn't have Wi-Fi. So there was like no way for me to reach anybody. So, oh, no. like, <laughs> so you were like making friends. <laughs> so I went downstairs. It's like, hopefully one of the construction people <laughs> I hear and like this guy from um, apartment, one of the apartments downstairs, he was like walking his dog. I was like, can I use your phone? <laughs> so you're like still friends. He like came to you a couple of my parties. That's cool. <laughs> and I think more than a half of the places here are like um, their short-term rentals. Oh, okay. So people like come and go all the time. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> How did you find this place? Or like, did you already um, know where you wanted to live? From my lawyers. Oh, really? Um, yeah, just like um, a friend of one of my lawyers because um, I thought if I were to be granted bail, I could just like stay at a hotel same thing I've done um, the first time around. And I just, like, look for an apartment of my own. Um, mm-hmm. But I would not be able, like, they would not release me um, unless I were to give them a residential address. So oh. so I had to have, like, an actual place. Yeah. So that was tricky. And, like, nobody really expected that um, they would give me house arrest. Really? Yeah. Like, oh. nobody really gets it. That's terrible. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. I'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, were you ever approached about turning um, any of your writing into, like, a movie? Um, I mean, I'm definitely open to it. I, I, I got, like, a couple emails, but nothing amounted to anything. Yeah. Because you write so much, like, about movies. <laughs> I love movies. I would, I would also love to write a movie, but I've never even tried, I think. You never wrote a script? No. I think you'd be great at it. <laughs> I like, I don't know. It just like, it stumps me every time I try yeah. to like think of a starting point for a movie. Cause I think it's so much action and I mm-hmm. tend to kind of start with like inner thoughts, yeah. you know, it's hard to make that into a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, wish I love you movies. Make one. Yeah. <laughs> I could see it being, um, great. Like New York of 2010s. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 
I don't Somebody. know. Somebody. <laughs> what about you? Like, didn't you sell a story, like your life story to somebody to make a movie out of it or um was that like a rumor well they just came out with a series so um i think my movie rights are still open but just like it's nothing much happened so the series that already was like on mm-hmm. netflix yeah that was in a, yeah like you sold the story to them mm-hmm. oh, okay uh well they so it was not really my story. The way it happened, they purchased the story that Jessica Pressler wrote for New York Magazine. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they hired me as a consultant. I guess they just, like, wanted um, to prevent me from, um, like, going with HBO or, like, just doing something competing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you would so legally you wouldn't have to be involved? Like, they could just make that without you? Mm-hmm. I'm always curious about that kind of thing. So I think once um, once your story becomes like a like a criminal proceeding, all the information becomes public. Yeah, this is why like all you see all those trials and like crime stories. Right, they really don't need like any permission yeah. to use your name or your story. Um, like they used Rachel's name without um, her consent. Oh, and was she like upset about that? Well, she sued them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of remember that. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's still pending, um, but they would not need her permission. So even now, um, if you are the one pressing charges, it becomes public record. Mm-hmm. Just because everything that's criminal is public record. So, Are you, yeah. like, in touch with all those people still? Um, no, not really. Some of them, yes. But I'm just kind of trying to focus on, like, what I'm um, working on right now. Like, not trying to be stuck in the past. Yeah. A lot of people reach out. But, like, now... Um, I'm, like, pretty hard to get in touch with because I don't have social media. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, like, you have my number or um, this general email goes to my manager. Unless, like, they forward something to me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was a bit different when I just got out um, out of, like, criminal prison in 2021. I had, like, access to everything at the same time. Um, it was pretty crazy. Like, like everybody <laughs> DMing you probably? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. Like having went from like nothing, like no social media and nobody um, able to like call me or text me to like everything. Uh, and at that point, I had like less than maybe like 100,000 followers. So. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that sounds overwhelming. Like, did you feel like you had to reject a lot of that? Like, I'm sure people were asking you to be featured in stories or magazines or whatever like tv shows right yeah I just like barely had any time because I was only out for six weeks and I had like all these plans so um I mean (laughs) they put like a natural stop to it (laughs) yeah do you like how do you feel about that now like do you regret or not regret but like do you wish that that stuff could be happening right now are you kind of like over the media attention um, well, I just like, I mean, I can still do all the stuff. Like I just, I was turning down. They a just bunch have of, to come here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that works. <laughs> I just like avoiding doing something that has like no purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just waiting to launch something because what am I going to talk about? Like, look at me sitting at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not really much different. Like house arrest is not different. Just like a person not leaving home. <laughs> yeah. That's smart. I think. As long as you have something to promote. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's just exhausting and it's distracting, too. It's like it takes up a whole day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, by the way, for coming. Of <laughs> talking course. To me. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I was so excited to meet you. I feel like, yeah, like it's weird that we've never met. And also it's not weird because you feel like a celebrity <laughs> to me, you know, because <laughs> I've been reading about you and seeing you and I feel like you feel like more like a celebrity to me because like I read two of your books Uh, (laughs) I mean it's funny how that works like do you like unrelated I guess but like sometimes I don't want to meet you know really big celebrities Mm because I feel like it'll ruin the facade do you feel like the same I feel like writers are different from um like singers or actors yeah, because they kind of create this illusion and fantasy. Yeah. But writers, especially if you're like nonfiction, it's kind of different. 
Yeah, no, totally. I mean, writers, I think, are so approachable because you're kind of like in their heads. Mm -hmm. But I think, I don't know. I've gotten to this point where I don't really want to meet like huge stars that I'm a fan of, like Lana Del Rey or something. Like, I don't want to know her (laughs) real self. Yeah, because she created like this whole like image and fantasy and like she's probably... I mean, she definitely is not like that in real life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, who knows? And that would, like, take away from the you know, future experience of her art. Yeah. I know. I just, I don't I don't want to know anything else about her. <laughs> I just want to hear her music, like, all the time. <laughs> she looks, she's never even done, like, a documentary or anything. And she kind of doesn't go to parties anymore or, like, yeah. like, the Grammys or anything. She'll just, like, opt out. Like, she didn't go to the Met Gala mm-hmm. since, since, like, 2016 or something I just like saw that the other day and I was like that's so crazy that she used to go to a bunch of stuff and now she just sits at home probably what do you think of your new album I it grew on me I at first was kind of like whoa it's really weird but now I love it <laughs> do you, are you a fan um I have a couple songs that I like yeah yeah <laughs> I think her um early stuff is, was really good yeah <laughs> it's hard to keep it up What's your, like, go-to music? Um, I'm listening to all kinds of things just because I'm here all the time. So usually when, like, somebody comes over, I'm um, having them play the mm. music because I'm just so sick of, like, listening to my own playlist. <laughs> so I've actually been exposed to a lot of stuff, yeah. But I like a lot of hip-hop. Like yeah. I always did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just listen to all kinds of stuff, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I was going to ask you, you weren't in, like, the It Girl issue of New York Magazine, were you? Did you read that? I don't think so. That seems like <laughs> an oversight. <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, somebody sent it to me. Um, I was in this other issue. Um, this New York people, I don't know, the ones... Um, Oh, like the New York issue with like yeah. the people on the street on the cover. <laughs> you were in that one. Yeah, they wanted me to. Um, they invited me to do like the street shoot, but I just couldn't make it because I'm on house arrest, and I could not <laughs> justify going to like West Village. <laughs> They're just like not <laughs> on the way. Oh right! Like if it was on the way to something, you could just literally yeah. walk through the photo shoot. And, like... That's all they wanted. Yeah, but that was like literally. <laughs> So you can't even like take a long cut down to, I mean, I guess, yeah, that would, that would be going somewhere else. I mean, else. yeah, like they would question it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'm allowed to use any uh, mode of public transportation. Okay. So, um, I don't know. They never said anything about me walking or anything else. So. I yeah. It's know. a mode of public transportation, <laughs> I guess. Are you allowed to like stop in a deli and get a sandwich or something? Um, <laughs> I never tried. I uh, was walking with friends who did get, like, stuff for themselves. Mm-hmm. It just, like, seemed too stupid of a thing to, like, ask or bother about. Yeah. <laughs> so can I get a sandwich? It's like, well, <laughs> file a motion with a judge. <laughs> yeah. So you just, like, wait outside the store? Um, yeah. Just in case. Uh-huh. Wow, that's wild. I feel like there's so much to look forward to. Right. <laughs> when you like, get out <laughs> of this. But it's also surreal because when I walk um, when I went to Brooklyn or downtown, um, it kind of feels the same. It feels like, I don't know, like the last five, six years never happened, which is kind of so scary. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, which also like reminds me, so I met all these people who like been in and out of jail. So many of them say like once you leave, you kind of forget real quick. <laughs> is that true? Um, I mean, for better or for worse, I don't know. Do you watch Life After Lockup? No. Oh, I've watched it. (laughs) What do you think? It's, it's a good reality show. It's like, you know, (laughs) it's about like couples though, Mm -hmm. like somebody who's dating somebody who's in jail and then like what happens once they get Mm -hmm. out and it's usually disastrous because they don't really know each other that well. But, you know, it's a good show. Maybe you'd like it. But I know so many girls, um, just because, like, you need so many things in jail. And there are so many, like, men who are, like, willing to just, like, send you stuff. 
<laughs> because I like the idea of you being locked up mm-hmm. and like being unavailable to anybody else. I met girls, so like they were doing, I don't know, 10 years. So I guess it's like, it's hard for them to rely on their families to just support them. Um, yeah. Like for all this time. So it's like their full-time job. They just talk to like five different guys every day. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this show is about. <laughs> it's taught me a lot, but I don't know if it's like actually educational. It seems like pretty legit, like information, <laughs> but yeah, it's like about it. You end up getting from it that, you know, the way you behave in jail, everything seems more transactional. Like all of the relationships you have are about kind of like keeping money in your account and making sure you have this security, like, you know, somebody to go home to after you're out. So it's like, if that's kind of the way the relationship starts, then how is it going to be, you know, when all of those factors get removed? Like the power dynamics um, of that are like so different. Yeah. Of uh, somebody being out and somebody being in. Well, thank you so much for coming. (laughs) Anything else? Anything else you'd like to share? Not really. I mean, I don't have like, I can't say like, go buy my book yet because it's not out, but (laughs) it's coming. And it's called Artless, right? And what's the release date? October 24th, I think. All right. This year. (laughs) 2023 I can't wait hopefully I'm going to pre-order a copy (laughs) do you have like any you don't have social media but anything just Substack Substack. which is really great thank you (laughs) yeah it's just called selling out Natasha Stag oh thank you so much for coming it was such a pleasure thanks for having me I'm such a fan (laughs) thanks well I'll definitely invite you to my next dinner party oh my god amazing city and I'm looking forward to reading your book thanks (laughs) I'm looking forward to coming back (laughs) thank you thank you I love talking to New Yorkers I miss the city sometimes when I walked in my ice appointments I see Natasha on First Avenue sitting outside Lucien And I'm thinking to myself, well, I wish that was me. The Anna Talvey Show is a reunion audio and audio app production. The show is produced by Sean Glass, sound supervised and co-produced by John Eckhouse. Reunion audio? Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.